Good afternoon, podcast world. It's Podcast Friday on FNO and SureTech, and I am your host, Rob Beller, along with your other host. Co-host. Co- okay. I- I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah, I- we have host Rob Beller, and then we have co-host okay. Lee Boyd. All right. Okay. It makes sense. So so it's FNO and SureTech starring Rob Beller. Is that what you're trying to say? Absolutely. Okay. We all know our place here, Rob. Also starring? Also starring Lee, Lee Boyd. Boyd. Okay. All right. I'm okay yeah. with that. Are we done today? We're done. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're here, folks, for a more serious reason, and that is that we have a terrific interview today with our friend, Pascal Begin, who is the senior leader of product management at Symbility, which is now a CoreLogic company. What do you think of that, Lee? I think we're in for a real treat today because he is a guy who was on the ground floor, basically opened his computer, started Symbility uh, with some with some co-founders. Uh, really, I hope that we're going to get to learn a lot about the history of Symbility, where they're going, and maybe a little bit about uh, how he's going to be able to use the relationship and the the new ownership there of CoreLogic in with the actual platform itself. Uh huh. As well as, um, I want to ask him about his relatively open platform. Yes. And 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 why that is and what that means for him today. Yeah, I mean they are they are known as the open platform. Anybody can integrate with them. Uh, not everybody is integrated with them, but you always hear everybody say, "Oh yeah." Symbility, we can integrate with them, no problem. Uh, so that's interesting. I don't know what their mindset is behind that. I don't know why they decide to to be that platform, but they are. Uh, so I'm pretty interested about hearing that. Okay, so without further ado, we will go to our interview with Pascal Begin from CoreLogic Symbility, the senior leader of project management. Hey, everybody in podcast world, we're here with our special guest today, an old friend of mine, not old, but an old friend, Pascal Begin, senior leader of project manage, product management at CoreLogic Symbility. Um, full disclosure, I threatened Pascal that we were going to do this entire interview in French. Isn't that true? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I and I believed it till till the end, really. And it's only last week when you said, "Now nah, it's going to be in English." I was really disappointed. <laughs> I was hoping that we could do it in French, but the problem is, I don't even know the words in French for the insurance industry. So I think I'm better <laughs> in English anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay because I don't pretty much know any words in French. I know none. So. Uh... So, so we're kind of even, but I loved the idea. It was novel. Yes. Maybe one day when you're going to export your podcast and okay. other countries. Okay. I like, I like that. Maybe you can translate all of our podcasts. Ooh, that's I can do idea. that. So uh, enough of this uh, goofing around. Let's talk about Symbility. Can you give us a minute or two or 30 seconds on what you do at Symbility currently what what your role is and 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 what you're in charge of sure so i've been in charge of uh pretty much the the whole product line at uh Simbility. so all around property because at some point we did have a health division but i'm i was always and i'm still uh, is uh, focused on property so uh 
like driving the roadmap, uh, the new features, new pro products we want to add, uh, how we can solve problems in the property industry, uh, strategy, and also uh, integration with uh, technical partners and insure tech. That sounds like a big job. It is. A lot of uh -huh. responsibility and a lot of, lot of challenges in picking the right things to do. So we're going to talk about how you figure out what are the right things to do, um, I, because I know that's something that is that has been on Lee's mind. But I want to take a step. Uh, I want to take a couple steps backward into the past. You were a co-founder of Symbility, correct? Exactly. Yes. So tell us about that, how it got started, and and give us a minute on the the origin story of Symbility. Yeah, so I was introduced to the industry by uh, two brothers of mine. So our father was not in the industry at all. He was a dentist. But I had one of my brother uh, started a carpet cleaning industry and the other one starting the uh, selling equipment in the industry. And I, I, with my IT degree, I quickly saw the need in the industry to get uh, like technology solutions. So I started my first company with one of the Symbility co-founders, so Mark Olivier Wynn. I start, we started our first company in 96, 97, and then uh, quickly moved and into uh, the uh, restoration industry. And we met our third uh, co-founder, Eric Embacker, in 97. And I'm not going to go into the details, but uh, we uh, are... The companies that we had at that point uh, and went in two different directions. And then 2001 came in and said, okay, let's start something new. And this is when we started Symbidity. So we've been in this industry for a very long time. And it's uh, it was we, we felt the need to have good technology in the industry. And that's what we did. So 2001 is when we came back as a one and started this company. So, so what was missing? What, what did uh, you feel like you needed to, to fix or, or fill that need? There were like companies that were um, using technology back then, even if they had access to computer, they were disconnected. Um, so you had insurance company that were using uh, their claim management system. And, and you know, on a claim, there are a lot of different participants. You can have IA, IA firms, IAs, different type of contractors. Yeah, here in Canada, we do have also independent uh, estimator or appraisers. So you can easily have six, seven different participants on a claim. And right. if you look at the technology that was available in 2000, uh, they were great, but they were all disconnected. They were all working in their own spot. So you had your data. Uh, as a contractor, you had your data as an IA, but it, nothing was connected. So every time you were assigned on a claim, you had to basically recreate the claim on your side, type in your data, and then the only thing you could do is print and send by ICS or whatever the courier you were using. So everything, the technology was there to create the estimate, but there was no way to exchange it. So our goal right from the start was to create a common platform where everybody could exchange the data and work on a single claim instead of working on six, seven different copy of the same claim. So that was one of it. The other one was um, the fact that people were 
building estimates from their office. So like a car, you can bring your car in the garage, but you cannot bring the property in the garage. So you have to go on site and capture the data on site using a pad, a pencil and paper, uh, and all these things, and then come back at the office and build the estimate at the office. And first thing you know, you're missing information, and you need to go back and capture the data, and 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 go and so on. So what we that's the second issue that we saw, and our goal was to create a a plat- common platform solution, but also equipped with a um, handheld solution that allow someone to build the estimate or, or capture the uh, claim data on site. Wow. So it's really safe to say that you have followed your your goal, your your initial hope. It sounds like that's exactly the product y'all have uh, made. So really no, no changing. Is that right? That's exactly it. And uh, the first, so we were, we started to work on the mobile solution back in 97, 98. It was called Pocketscope and it was okay. from a company called Kira and Kira was founded by Eric and Backer, the third co-founder of, Sim, of, uh, of Simbidity. And, and we were way ahead of time, probably like 10 years too early. So, and even with the claim platform, the fact that we were hosting, insurance company data on our server. It wasn't our servers, it, it was on hosting um, facilities, but still, uh, insurance company were in 2004 or five when we were ready to launch the solution uh, to to the market, insurance company were not ready to, to this. That was before the cloud even existed. So the word cloud did not exist back in, in 2004, 2005. You were, you, so we're, we're selling something that did not exist. Yep. You were ahead of your time. To, to, yeah. So that's uh-huh. that could be an issue for uh, for people that come up with new technology is adoption can take a long time because we're ahead of the curve. So you used to, you used to have a product MSB, is that correct? I'm sorry? Was your product called MSB? No, MSB was a partner. So the um, the product that we um, uh, that we developed first, are, we had um, Claims Connect and Mobile Claims, and Claims Connect came actually later. So when we started the company, the platform was called Simbidity.net, and the mobile piece was called Mobile Claims. And it's only like four years later that we renamed Simbidity.net to Claims Connect. So it makes better sense for people. So, MSB is, is a partner that we started to work with uh, in 2010. So back to the, back to the origin story, um, how, did, how did James get involved? And, 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 and then what happened? So you're in the late 90s, you're... You're, you're figuring this out. You have some great ideas. Then what happens? Um, so what happens is from day one, we knew just by ourselves. So three kids, uh, we knew that we would not be able to, even if our goal was to really compete against uh, our Xactimate, our goal, we knew that we couldn't do it just by ourselves. So we had the idea. We had the knowledge. We had the capacity to create a great solution. We, and our goal was to build a prototype that we could then uh, use to uh, find investors. 
and that's what we did. So we uh, we built the um, the prototype for a couple of years, and then uh, we used uh, our relationship in Eric and Backer, the third uh, co-founder. He knew John. Uh, he knew James from a previous life, uh, so he's one of the first that we met, and we showed him the solution, which he fell in love in. And this is when he introduced it to another of his friends, and uh, they became investors in the company. And that's when in 2004, I think, uh, what happened is when uh, we um, we became like public, and uh, uh, this is when uh, James came in. So uh, probably as a kid starting it off, you thought you'd be on to doing something else. By now, you probably didn't realize that uh, 20 years later, you'd still be in the insurance business, huh? Uh, no, <laughs> and I'm, I wanted to retire at 40 years old. I, I missed my target. So okay. I guess okay. I'm stuck in the insurance industry now for another 20 years. Well, we, we've kind of, we've, we're, we're right there with you. It sucks you in and it, and it keeps you. Exactly. It t- and yeah, and, and it, it does the same for the two of us, but I have a feeling that it does it for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely true. Um, so. Today, you're in Quebec, but everybody else is someplace else, right? Well, that's that's the thing. So when we founded the company, uh, Eric was from Toronto, and uh, the, Mark and myself were from Montreal. It was really clear right from the start that we would have an office here in Montreal. So the whole development of uh, the Symbity property solutions is done here in Montreal by, believe it, French Canadian. So, but we are renowned to be really good programmers. So we have a, an office about 35, 40 employees here in Montreal, and it's growing, especially now that we're all part of CoreLogic. And uh, this is where we built it. So I'm in an office with uh, with other people and other product managers as well. That. That is neat. I like how it's uh, still there. And, and you're right. I've always heard that there's really pro- good programmers uh, up in that area. Yep. Uh, I am interested in one thing, uh, really at, at at its core, whenever you hear Symbility, you always hear customers and clients saying they are an open platform. They are they can integrate with anybody and we can integrate with them and, and they're open uh, as where we hear sometimes others are not. Has that always been at, at, at your core, uh, wanting to integrate with other companies, or did that come later on? No, I think it's it's in our blood. It's uh, I, I think it's in our culture. Um, and first, because uh, first we're French-Canadian in a North American English-only like continent, and we're also very close to the U.S. So I could not start a business like this and survive if I only do business in, in Quebec. I could do it only in Canada, but it's a small market. And for about the same effort, I can expand my business in the U.S. So we have that open mind thing on our side. And I think it's part of it. So we know we cannot be good at everything. We're good at what we do. But there are others like us that are good in their own things. And we we were open from the start to be able to work with different markets 
different pricing, different pricing database, different currency, and why not different technologies? And that has been like this from day one. So, so as a product manager, you're basically a problem solver, right? I mean, isn't that what kind of what you're dealing with all the time is, is that customers are saying, I have this need or I have this problem. Is that, t- talk to us about what a product manager does. That's exactly it. And even before I started in this business, uh, I had a, a job as a student uh, in the old port here in Montreal. And I worked for this gentleman for three years. And he told me at the end, he knew I was going to have my own career in, in IT business or something like that. And he said to me, he said, you're not with you, you don't have any problems. You only have solutions. So I think it's it's something I I like solving problems, and and that it's not a coincidence that I'm solving problems like 25 years later. I like solving problems, and that's what we do. So what we do is look at market problems, and there are a lot of them, and these problems change every day uh, depending on. The tech, new technology available or the evolution of the world. And we need to just listen to to the market. And our goal is to find the best way to solve those problems. And that's what I do every day. So, it, but one of the th- interesting things about your company is, is that you have a big, relatively large international footprint, correct? Yes. And, and of course, insurance varies from country to country. It's regular, obviously great differences in regulation, just state to state, but but certainly country to country. So that must be, a, I mean, that is a big problem, right? You're dealing with all these different uh, government organizations. Uh, yes. And it's, it is, well, the good news is, as I said earlier, is that because of our situation, because we knew to be, to survive, we had to offer this solution, not only to Quebec, but also to Canada and the U.S., from the start, we we created a very flexible solution. So it was multilingual, multi-currency from the start. So it was easy to export. But now we're facing another problem where uh, UK, Germany, South Africa, Australia, they all have their own way of dealing with claims. And it's similar, but it's different. And we need to have someone uh, like in all of these markets that knows the market, but also they can listen to the market. Then the big challenge is trying to have one solution because we we don't have different solutions for all of these markets. We only have one solution that fits all, but that has some sort of a, a little dashboard, a switchboard where we can activate some features or deactivate some features based on, on the, um, the different market. But it it is it adds a lot of complexity to our solution. You're totally right. And we don't want a solution that works. Yeah, it's not perfect for the market. We want a solution that works as if it was built for this market. You know, you know, I always wondered about that. I always, always thought that maybe it was a different product, but it appears to be the the same product, like you're saying. But within, but you know, within that, you have a lot of, you have a lot of requests. I bet you have a lot of problems you need to solve. And I'm wondering, as as a product manager, how do you uh, create these hierarchies for problems that need to be solved right now and problems that need to be solved next quarter or next year? 
when I'm sure everybody brings a problem to you and says this needs to be fixed tomorrow. What is your workflow there? Yeah, it's a it's a lot of headaches. Um, so, and we evolved. Uh, we it's not something you learn at school. Uh, you learn by doing it every day, and I I guess you you get better at doing it. Um, so initially, we were really client driven. So we were listening instead of being market listeners we were customers listeners and as as a new company that's what you do so you you listen to your our first big customer in, in was Allstate in Canada they're a pretty big company here so they are, were wow. the one that that told us what to do in the solution so we solved their problem and then by solving their problem we were able to sell the solution to other Canadian company and then we had a couple of uh, U.S. clients, and they started to push their requests. And then we came up to a point where we we thought we had a good enough solution. And when we signed up like a very large insurer, he, prob- he, he ate the whole uh, capacity that we had just solving their problem. But we quickly realized that we were going the wrong direction because we were only listening to our customers and we were not listening to the market. And the, the, the software became almost customized for these customers. Sure. And that's not something you want. So we, we took a step back and said, we need to change the way we're doing it. So instead of listening to sales folks or listening to account managers. Hey, wait, us a, minute, product, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, don't knock sales folks. sales folks. Go on. <laughs> Can't do that. Well, that's, it's something... that's not allowed on this podcast. Forget it. <laughs> so you need to, well, you need to listen to them. Plus, you need to listen yourself about what the problems are. And so what we built is a solution that uh, where we can kind of uh, type in all the ideas. So everything that we are listening from the market, we put that in one system and we score it. So instead of listening to the one that has the louder voice, what we're doing is we came up with with an engine that calculates the score. And based on that score, we can uh, decide what to put in based on, on the capacity. So it looks simple when you look at it now, but it took a while for us to come up with, the, with that solution. So that's one thing. And it solves the, the problems that people know they are they have. It doesn't solve the other part where as product managers, you have to be a visionary as well. Is that an English word, Rob? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You did good. Okay. So let me translate. Visionary. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh So you you have to say, okay, and and I like the quote from Henry Ford where he said, If I had if I was listening to to the folks, I would have done like uh, I would have built faster horse and not and not a car. So we have to do the same. If we ask people about their problem, they're going to talk about something they know. They don't. They won't talk about something they don't know. So this is when we need to look at other industry, look at the in, look at the technology outside what we're doing, and and just use our vision and say in the future. Well, this is how things will. So um, instead of solving an, a problem today. I can leapfrog over that and say, if I do this and I re- and I release that in five years, I'm going to be solving all of these problems in one shot. Good point. And so it's a mix of vision and a mix of listening to the market problems. So you, I consider you guys an insure tech company. 
would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you're and insu- you're a technology the, company in insurance, so right? Yeah, and and the word is new, but not not what we're doing. So I've been doing. I'm an insured tech company. I've been doing it for twenty, close to twenty five years now. Yes, totally. But would you agree that the difference between insure tech today and insure tech twenty some years ago is that twenty some years ago there was four companies, I so to speak. There were a few. Yes. And today it's, it's a, it's a very full landscape. Do you agree with that? I mean, totally. Yeah. So if we look at the total amount invested in, in the insured tech today, uh, it's so much more than what it was 20 years ago. I just wish I like, I had like access to this if I started the company today instead of 20 years ago. So uh, I think there were other more urging problems to solve uh, 24, 25 years ago with new technology. And I think the whole fintech uh, market solved their problem. And then the last one they wanted to solve is property claim, which is the hard, probably the hardest part to solve because there's Agreed. nothing common between like a, this house and your neighbor's house. So, so as a veteran in the insure tech world, you've been in it for a long time and you look out over this landscape today and honest to goodness, there's more companies, more insure tech companies today than you have time to even find or know about. There's so many. What, what, what do you think about that? What, what is it? Is it something that was waiting to happen? Is it overdue? Does it make you does it make you excited? I mean, how do you how do you think about it? Yeah, um, it, it depends on the day. <laughs> Sometimes as I'm worried um, because I said, "Wow, we have so much uh, competition now, and uh, how is my go- company going to survive?" Then I look at how much effort it takes to to just survive and succeed in this market, and it, it reminds me when we started, like when we were, when we had a product ready to sell 20, well, not 20 years ago, but almost like 20, 15 years ago, 2004, 2005. This is when we started to demo our solution. Everyone we demoed to was amazed. They were, they, they wanted to use it right away, but then you, you start to roll out and implement, they, they start using it. And then this is when the issues happen. I think, these all these insured tech that we're seeing, they they have a very exciting solution, but I think it only solves one little piece of the whole claim process. And and it's it's when I think about that that I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, this is good. The good news is we are, have an open platform. We we should look at the different pieces and try to. Uh, see how we can work. And they can only succeed if they are integrated. And the good news is we have we have that platform that allow them to be integrated. So it, it, when I when I calm down, I find it very exciting because I see all that we can do and all all we can do to help our customers, which are the insurance company, but at the end, everything we can do to help, the policy holder. And that at the end, that's what we're doing. We're just helping people getting their life back. Well, I think it's really, um, I think you have a great point. And that is, is you guys have had 
this, like we were talking about before, you've had this open kind of, uh, you've had an open platform and, and opened integrations all along. And now the, the, the rest of the technology world has caught up with you, particularly on the claims side, right? They need, they need a platform that they can integrate with. Yes. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and so, um, you know, we've, we've, we've had, we have a nice relationship with exact and we obviously, as I'm sure you do too, you have a lot of respect for them. They're from formidable. Um, uh, but I think you guys are, have been ahead of the curve there and, um, you, you probably didn't know what it was going to mean in the long run, but I mean, look at today. I mean, I'm sure you have many people knocking at your door saying, please let me integrate with you. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the decisions you take early on and you don't know exactly what's going to be the impact. But the yeah, as you said, we didn't have it to change our culture. We were like this from day one. And now it's 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 a benefit to our clients and to those insured tech. And you have no clue how, because I'm somehow the, the, the entry door for integration at, uh, at our company, how many like calls I receive, it's every week that I receive mm -hmm. calls from a new insured tech trying to, because they know the only way they can survive is by connecting and exchanging and pushing their data to a platform that can then aggregate the whole thing and, and use it. So, so, yep. so how do you deal with that? Do you hold them hostage for a king's ransom or do you have to evaluate it one at a time? We evaluate one at a time. And um, so what we do is as a group, so as a product group, uh, we have a um, biweekly call with a partner or a technology. And then we have them present their technology and then we debrief for another like 30, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then that is um, kind of the first step into the a process of a decision to integrate. And we, we wish we could integrate more, but we have to be careful. We used to integrate with a lot of partners and some of them no longer exist. So we have the maturity now to know uh, when to do it and when it's a good time and when to wait. Uh, and that's, that's like, um, that comes with, I guess, experience. Sure. You know, all of this is really getting me to wonder what is on your roadmap for Symbility? What do we have to look forward to? What do you, what is, you know, maybe on, on, on your next release or coming up I think, in, in the near future? Um, so we see three like big challenges that insurers are facing today. And that comes back to what I was talking about. So we have to listen to the market. And so customer experience is definitely one of them. Um, so people are used to do things one way now. Every day they deal with technology or they deal with transaction a specific way, using their phone or using the computer. And, and property insurance is somewhere else. It's not there yet. So that's something we know we have to fix. So we're, that's one of our focus. The other one is a, we're seeing a shortage of, of experienced staff, adjusters mostly. And that's, another, that's a huge problem for the, for the industry. So we, you have insurance company trying to get their claim solved, but they don't have enough people to do it. And especially with uh, 
years like we had last year and the year before with the, the whole catastrophe and so on. So mm-hmm. that's another problem the insurance industry is facing. And the other mm-hmm. one is like the commoditization of the insurance. So they, they have to compete in a very competitive world. And our goal is to help them do that. And one of the focus that we're with stuff that we've been doing now for a couple of years is helping into like doing vir- what we call virtual adjusting. So helping move like right. the experienced folks instead of having them drive from one lost site to another where they lose like 45% of their time. Why don't we take them and put them into an office and then send someone less experienced in the field or the policyholder himself and try to solve the claim from the office instead of having that person on site. And that is our big, big focus. Uh, it has been for a couple of years and it's going to continue to be, be like that until we feel like we have a good enough solution. And it, we are going to do that using like our own technology, the stuff we built, but also partnering with the different uh, insure tech available out there. So like we go look and hover and all these technology are right. new insure tech. These are great to solve that kind of problem. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And we can speak firsthand. We've done numerous numerous virtual claims using Symbility, uh, all aspects of it. And everything you've written and everything we've been able to use has, has been very, very beneficial in us getting more claims virtually yep. adjusted. And, so and what the, uh, now that we're part of CoreLogic, what's exciting is we can uh, now look at the, the new trend, which is artificial intelligence, and we can now use it. What right. what artificial intelligence requires is a very is a depth of data, like good quality data on property, and you cannot have AI if you don't have good data. And the number one company on property data is CoreLogic. So we're very excited to be part of them. And not only we have access to the data, but we also have access to a team of over 100 data scientists that's going to help us just, and we've started, and it's so exciting to see what this will bring to us, but also to our clients. So the ability to predict, automate, and make virtual adjusting even better. Yeah, um, we've said this before on the podcast that um, one of our friends who's a really smart guy says the person with all the data is going to win. Mm-hmm. And um, you you guys are now married up to a, a, a data company. They have tons and tons of data and, and how that, I'm sure as uh, as a project ma- product manager, that's, you're, you're licking your chops, right? You're very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we can help well, uh, improve the data, but uh, uh, they can help us automate. So a lot. Of, so this is. So yeah, you asked the question uh, before where we think it's going to go. Well, now virtual adjusting data, artificial intelligence, automation. This is where it's going. Well, we really appreciate Absolutely. you giving us some time today, just f- so our audience knows, because we always we never talk about these kinds of things. We had some technical difficulties that will limit our time today. And I apologize to our audience in advance for that. But I also have one shout out that I want to do, Pascal, that I don't think you'll mind. Are you ready for this? Hey, John Cost, how you doing? Hey, John. Good to have you on the podcast. 
Well, hopefully you're going to listen to it. So hopefully he better. Yeah. I'm telling you what it was. And the reason that I shout out John Cost is two reasons. One is for those of us who've been around Symbility for a long time and know it, know how what how important John was to the company and um, and what a great guy he was. And John Cost actually introduced you and yep. I years ago. He's a, he's my mentor. So I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't of him. Yes, we all miss you, John. So please come back to the insurance. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Hey, Pascal, thanks so much for being with us. And we hope that we have a chance to visit again soon. Thank you for inviting me. That was, uh, was a really good uh, interview. Pleasure. Well, Lee, another really interesting interview, and this time with, a, with somebody who's legitimately an innovator in the whole InsurTech space. Yes, it, it was a great interview. And I always like to, to hear the backstory. I've been around Symbility for a really long time, but it's neat to hear about its founding, uh, who started it, and then why. But what I thought was interesting is that they've stayed on the same path. Now, a lot of these interviews have taken us where they started one way and then they changed. They pivot. Yeah, they never pivoted. They were able to stay strong. And uh, also during that interview, I was thinking, there's not a lot of venture tech companies who are really out there in the estimatic market. You know, right. we haven't really run across that. It's, no. it's kind of a stagnant market. Uh, and I, I say stagnant, but it, it's one that a lot of people haven't tried to break into. Well, I think it's so, it may be, this may be, that it's so locked up, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the competitors have enormous scale advantages. Right. And it is, I mean, it's a very difficult uh, market to be a part of. You know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about all of the pricing and now you know, the main competitors out there are all international companies. So correct. It is multi-billion dollar, multi-billion dollars. So it's not the easiest entry. Uh, You have insure tech companies coming in, they're trying to do, um, you know, management systems and, and organizational things like that, a part of what uh, the big boys do, but it is neat that they've stayed on the same path and never pivoted. Yeah. It's not to say that disruption can't occur. It's just, I think the the odds are stacked against them, which is, you know, an interesting thought on the whole InsurTech world is, is that a lot of these companies can come in and play in a space because they're not necessarily fighting against deeply entrenched uh, um, uh, incumbents who have required enormous investments from the incumbent insurers. I agree. But like for somebody to change, as we know, as claims people who work with uh, carriers that either are using the Symbility platform or the Exact platform to make a change out of that. It's a very big, very expensive uh, deal. Yes, it is. It is. It's a very big deal. I, you know, I started thinking whenever he was saying that he gets calls weekly from companies right. asking if they can integrate, and I thought, you know, what an interesting thing. A lot of these startup companies, these startup insure tech companies don't have a way in. They don't have the niche and they mm-hmm. have to get attached mm-hmm. to one of the large integrated systems. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that he does get a lot of calls from some pretty far out insure tech companies trying to mm-hmm. do things just to say that they are integrated uh, with a estimating software. Uh, I bet those are some pretty neat conversations. Right. Well, we're big Symbility users at our company. We have many uh, customers who 
use the product every day and we work claims in it all the time. I mean, what, what do you, what do you have to say about it in, in brief? Well, Symbility is a, a large platform. Uh, we have numerous uh, clients who use it, and then we have numerous uh, field adjusters who actually use it. It's a great product. It does a good job. We are really not at liberty to always uh, pick our softwares. We're more uh, mandated which softwares to use. But whenever we are asked to use Symbility, we're absolutely open to it because it is a, a large, integrated user-friendly platform. Okay, well, we thank Pascal for his generosity to be with us today. He's a great guy, by the way, who I always see at conferences, and we always have a really good time. So big thank you to him and to Symbility and CoreLogic for, um, for sharing him and making him available. And we will see you on our next episode of FNO InsureTech. What do you say, Lee? Bye, everybody. <laughs>